0: Good morning! Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are glad you're here with us today. It's a busy time in our church, but we are thankful for that. We are thankful to see all of your faces here at church this morning. We welcome you here today. My prayer for each of us is that we would prepare our hearts to worship our Lord this morning. Good morning again. My name is Justin Webb. For you all that might not know me, I'm doing the missions moment. Compassion International is what I wanted to to talk to you all about. If you wanted to take your bulletin and a pew pencil or a pew pen and just write compassion.com down on a scrap, you know, a corner or something of your bulletin, I think that would be good if you all could do that for me. when I was 18 years old at a youth camp, I felt God sponsoring me, calling me to sponsor a child through Compassion International. This organization. I'm 33 years old now. I've been doing this for 15 years. If I didn't trust this organization, I would not bring it to you as my church family. But I really do think it's a it's a worthwhile thing. Um, you may have heard the saying before, you cannot change the world, but you can change one person's world. And that's absolutely true uh, for this organization. It takes, they take children in poverty in third world nations who have no hope of escaping the system of poverty and they allow them to go to school at a center, usually a, a church. Um, and they uh, provide for that child meals every day and education. They learn a trade. They can receive medical treatment if they need it, and more importantly, on a daily basis, in a loving manner, someone in their culture, speaking their language, teaches them the gospel of Jesus Christ on a daily basis, and it can make a difference in their entire life or their eternity. Um, and uh, anyway, if you, if, if you pray about it and feel like God is calling you to do this, it will cost you the enormous sum of a dollar and sixteen cent a day. To sponsor a child. I bought a Coke at the gas station yesterday. It cost me $1.92. And, you know, for less than that, you can make a difference in a child's life. Um, but I just want to share that with you. After the service, I'll be out in the best you. I'll still be wearing this blue shirt for compassion. If you want to talk to me, I'll be more than willing to tell you more about it. Thank you.
1: If you would please um, stand and join in singing the call to worship. We are singing for the Lord is our life. Amen.
2: Nice. you hey.
3: Claire Moorhead, and uh, I'm in the youth group, and I'm going to be reading from Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows." Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
1: Our hymn of praise is The Church's One Foundation, number 350. If you would, please stand and join me in singing. welcome the children this morning to come down forward for a lesson on the step. We're all dressed for winter again. What happened to spring and summer? I have a scripture I want to read to you this morning. It's part of what Pastor Keith's going to talk about today. I'm going to read from Acts 2, verse 46 and 47. Every day they met together in the temple courtyard. They ate meals together in their homes. Their hearts were glad and sincere. They praised God. They were respected by all people. Every day the Lord added to their group those who were being served. I've been talking about church and the way to serve, and I brought some things with me today, if I can get this one out of this one's grubby little hands. I know you were. We have a ball, and I have a jump rope, or I have a string here. We cut on this string yesterday at the street fair, so it really does not have an end at all. But that's a little different from the ball. We know we talk about the circle when we talk about getting married, but what can we do with our ball? Spin it. Play with it. And what do you have to do if you're playing with it? If I throw it to Paxton, Braxton, excuse me, I'm looking at the little one, so I called the wrong name. We share in, aren't we? We share in the ball when we play. If I throw it to Preston, Preston throws it to somebody else, he's sharing. The ball goes round and round. It never ends. God's love for us never ends. It never stops. But like this rope, it stops, doesn't it? It's not a circle. It's broken. We can't share love like that. God does not share his love with us like that either. He never stops loving us. When you're looking at the ball or when you're playing with someone, I want you to sort of think about, this is God. I want to share it with the person who catches it. I never want my love for God to stop. I never want it to end. It's just like when somebody puts their wedding band on. It's like a circle of love. But today the ball is going to represent our sharing. Yesterday we shared God's love with the street, on the street fair. We gave away popcorn. We gave away Snow cones and people would say, How much? We'd say it's free. Really? We'd say, God bless you. Have a nice day. So remember, at school, at when you're shopping, when you're with your friends, think about the ball. Share God's love. Make God's love be never ending in your life. Can we do that? I know we can. We do it every day, don't we? All right, let us pray. Dear Lord, this is your day, the day that you made for us to rejoice. Lord, we rejoice that our love for you and your love for us never ends. It's a circle. It surrounds us every day. We thank you for that, Lord, and we thank you for the love that encircles this church, these precious children, and their families. Keep them safe and watch over them every day. Share your love with them, and they share their love for you with their friends and family. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
4: Once Again, we're here today. We have several concerns that I want to mention to the church family before we before I pray this morning. Uh, be in prayer for Ed Beeson and his family. Ed lost his brother yesterday. Uh, went into uh, intensive care in Charlotte in the last few days and they had to make some difficult decisions yesterday. And so this is the brother that we had been praying for, uh, whether it was Sunday school class or a men's group, or you you may have seen his name on the prayer list. And so be in prayer for Ed and his family at this time. Also Thomas Manning, this is Noel Manning's son and and Raylene and Bob Lamb's grandson, has been at uh, Levine's Children's Hospital in Charlotte and uh, they are trying to discover exactly what's going on there with Thomas, and so be in prayer for that family. I'll be touching base with them today, and uh, they would very much appreciate your thoughts and prayers at this time as they try to navigate Thomas's health and see what's going on there. Also, be in prayer for Geraldine Humphreys. She had uh, shoulder surgery on Friday and is here in Shelby, and so be in prayer for her. And also Lynn Surratt goes in for a back surgery this Friday. He's had quite a journey there, and so Lynn, we'll be praying for you uh, this Friday. Join me now in prayer. God, as we have heard your word read, as we have um, sang, as we have listened to a children's sermon and scripture and testimony about Compassion International, Father, the uh, um, few, first few words there of Psalm 23 speak of you being our good shepherd. And Father, we thank you and we confess that we are in need of a good shepherd today. As we think about our world, as we think about our families and schools and church and community and um, Lord, as we think about the video that we've seen with, our, with the children today on the video that are in desperate need, Lord, not only around the world, but here in our own community just down the street, Father, we pray, Lord, that you would allow us to continue to be your hands and your feet and your voice. If we can advocate for the needs of a child, if we can uh, supply needs, if we can um, encourage through our words and through our deeds, Father, then, Lord, empower us and strengthen us to do the things that you would have us to be doing. Lord, be our good shepherd today. Father, we lift up Ed Beeson, we pray for comfort uh, for he and his family as they grieve. We pray for wisdom and guidance for doctors as they try to assess what's going on uh, with Thomas Manning. Lord, we do, we do pray for wisdom and guidance there. Father, we pray for Geraldine Humphreys as she continues to heal there in Shelby. We also lift up Lynn Surratt and doctors as they prepare for his surgery on Friday. Lord, we know of others that are struggling physically that aren't with us today, and Lord, we pray that your grace and mercy and healing hand would be upon each of them. Lord, we ask now at this hour that you would meet each one here at the point of our need. Lord, some here today are needing guidance. Some are needing a sense of refocusing in life of what's important. Lord, others today, Father, uh, maybe are dealing with uh, conviction from sin or something in their life that is just, they've missed the mark this week, Father, and they need to know that, that your forgiveness is real and that it can, it can heal, and that it can bring about restoration and redemption. Father, we confess that we're all in need of you and your saving grace and your mercy. So, Father, speak to each one of us today, and Lord, through songs, prayers, your scripture, and your sermon as it is preached. Father, we love you. We give you now this time in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Our hymn can be found in your order of service or on the screen in front of you, so please stand and join in singing, if you are able, singing in Christ alone.
5: Let us pray. Our Father, thank you for your giving us an odd chance to meet together in your house and worship you. We experience your blessings every day, and your blessings are always given to us freely and with unconditional love. May we love you enough to give back to you what is already yours. Bless these tithes and offerings. God, our paths to the center of your plans. Help us to pray and to live in accordance with your will. Give us your grace, mercy, and faith to trust you. And as we go about our daily lives, let us always, always glorify you in everything we do and say. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
3: Dead is paid it is paid in full by the precious blood that my Jesus filled now the curse of sin has no hold on me whom the Son sets free oh is free indeed and now my dead is blood that my Jesus filled, now the curse of sin has no hold on me, whom the Son sets free, oh is free indeed, oh that rugged cross, my salvation.
4: Thank you so much, Lindy. Amen. Um, Let me mention one more prayer concern, is continue to be in prayer for the family of, or for Doris McIntyre and her family. And Doris, we're sorry to hear of your sister's passing this week, and we will continue to keep you in our thoughts and prayers. Acts 2, 42 through 47. This will be on your screen, and you can turn in your pew Bible there as well, but Acts 2, 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as many as had need. Day by day as they spent much time together, And in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. choir. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. 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 Today we begin an emphasis in the book of Acts. I've given it the uh, title Empowered. You know, after the people um, after Christ and his life, his death, his resurrection, the people were told to wait there in Jerusalem for the coming of the Spirit. The Spirit came. And we know today, and we can still see, and we are reaping the benefits today of the empowered church, of the empowered people there uh, in Acts that we read about. Uh, And we'll be continuing this uh, over the next, well, over the next several weeks and into the summer. Let me also just say, though, that next, we'll take a little bit of a break. Uh, We're kind of just getting our feet wet with it today, but next Sunday is Mother's Day. And then the next Sunday will be Graduate Sunday. Uh, Alan will be speaking on Graduate Sunday, our youth minister, and then uh, Mother's Day, Heather Voles will be sharing her testimony next week. So be sure to be here for that. It's going to be a powerful uh, testimony and the, the way the Lord has worked in her heart and life and still is. And um, we just praise the Lord for that. But uh, we'll, we'll pick back up on Acts the latter part of May and then through the summer. And so we encourage you to be here for that. These last four months or the first four months of, of uh, 2017 have been exciting for Bowling Springs Baptist. We had a wonderful month of loving on our community during 28 Days of Love. Uh, Just some incredible things that have happened and transpired as a result of that. And in March was a busy month, uh, just with different things, but planning for a big month of April. And then when April came, we've had wonderful Easter. Uh, The choir did a wonderful job with Celebrate Life. And it was just uh, an incredible amount of energy in the room. And the spirit that morning was phenomenal. And we've had uh, renewal services with the Reverend John Broom. And let's continue to remember him as he travels here in the States, preaching in other places. But uh, it's been an exciting time for April. It's been, uh, or the last, these first four months have, have been an exciting time. But as we focused, and we'll continue to focus on renewal, again, it's my conviction that we as a people of God would become even more empowered to be the people that he would have us to be and to do the things that he would have us to do. The church in Acts is often preached and taught today as a model church, but it was far from perfect. I think we could know that if you begin reading uh, just uh, a short time there, you can see some of these imperfections. But Acts 2 is often preached and taught as this state of utopia for the church, as if everything is, is perfect. I mean, ag- again, they did, people did live together. They shared everything. They worshiped together. They lived simply. No one lacked for anything, and everyone got along. Doesn't that sound like utopia? That sounds like a pretty good deal, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds like the first few weeks of the college dorm life, right? Right everything's great. We got all this food and we got new friends and and we're all together sharing life together. But check back in come finals and things might be a little bit different. Uh, There might be a little bit of a different tone in the air. But Luke, the same Luke who wrote the gospel, uh, the Gentile author here in the New Testament, Paul's companion, gives us not only an orderly account of Christ and his gospel, but in Acts he gives us an orderly account of Of the church. And he's writing this for someone who is mentioned at the beginning of Luke and also again at the beginning of Acts, a man by the name of Theophilus. He says, uh, matter of fact, the book of Luke begins with the dedication to a man he calls the most excellent Theophilus, a Roman, possibly a Roman officer, an individual of great importance, and we certainly know that from the text. But Luke was writing to give, again, this orderly account of the early church and the spread of the gospel up to and through Paul's ministry. The church in Acts is often preached, again, taught today as this model church, but it was far from perfect. There is much that we can learn, that this church, like ours today, had its flaws and its imperfections. I don't need to be one to go through today uh, the different uh, concerns that the church universal has, but the church today has missed the mark in many ways. The church today is in trouble. And many we know are closing their doors. In my travel with Baptist Retirement Homes upon before coming to Bowling Springs Baptist, I spoke this last, well, the year before I came, I spoke in 50 churches on behalf of Baptist Retirement Homes, advocating for their ministry with older adults, but also speaking and preaching. And so as the Lord gave me those opportunities and as I was afforded those through my work with the Baptist Retirement Homes, I was in and out of a lot of different churches, small, large, some very, very conservative, some not so much. But one of the things that I saw in, while I was visiting these churches is that a lot of them are in trouble. A lot of them, uh, obviously, the numbers aren't what they used to be. But the churches, um, uh, the, the problem is, one of the things that I saw is that the, many of the churches have remained the same. If the 50s, 60s, 70s come back, I heard a pastor say one time when I was visiting and speaking, he said, Keith, if the 70s come back, we're ready. But the culture has changed dramatically. You and I both have, I mean, if you've lived any length of time at all, we know we can see that. Uh, Things look different than they did 10 years ago. They really look different than they did 20 years ago. I was hearing on the news this week of a man who just got out of prison and he was overwhelmed by the changes. He had been in prison for 39 years and he was overwhelmed by the changes in society as he got out of prison. He didn't know what to do with this phone that didn't just call people but did all these other things as well. And uh, he was quite overwhelmed by this. But many churches today are experiencing decline. And we, we see this and we, it's for, you know, like I said, some of them are kind of holding on to the past. I love the Old Testament passage, First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. It references a man by the name of Issachar. And he says, of the sons of Issachar, they were men who understood the times with the knowledge of what Israel should do. Think of those two statements right there. These were men who understood the times in which they lived with the knowledge of what Israel should do. Do you and I understand the time in which we live? And if we do, do we have an understanding of what we are to be about, who we are to be and what we are to be doing? I want to propose to you this morning that the early church, and again, some will argue that it's not quite the church yet, but just for the sake of our time here today, we're going to speak of this period as the early church. But the spirit-filled church we read about in Acts has elements that growing healthy churches also have. And so what we're going to do today is look at just a few of these elements real quick. The first one is a model church is a learning and studying church. We see this in verse 42. The first thing that Luke mentions in our text today is that they they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. They probably listened to the Old Testament. They knew the Old Testament, but they were also listening to the men and the women who walked with Jesus and what they had to say about their time in walking with Jesus. It could have been a temptation for the early believers to look back at at Pentecost, which had happened a few verses a few few moments before here in Acts 2, and dwell on the past. It was easy to do, and it's helpful to understand and reflect back on the past, but we need to be mindful that it's harmful if we choose to live in the past. I've referenced before at the beginning of a new year and talking about mirrors and, and cars that living in the past is often a lot like, uh, or we can. the car is a lesson for us to not live in the past. This is where I'm going. As we look out the large windshield in the front, we've got a little small rear view mirror helps us to look in the past. Now we can't drive forward by looking, you could try, but I wouldn't recommend it, by looking in that rear view mirror. You might have success for a little while, but eventually something's going to happen. It's not going to be good, but we've got a, a large window in the front to look out to the future, but yet the past can be helpful to look back, to learn from, and to be reminded of, again, of lessons learned. We must be a learning, studying church, periods of history where the study of scripture has fallen on hard times. These are also times that were very dry in the life of the church. We all pastor, staff, leaders, and the church body need times of study to grow, to learn, and to deepen our relationships. My hope and prayer is that you have found that place where you can do that, whether it's a Sunday morning Bible study, uh, whether it's a men's group, whether it's a Wednesday night study, or a home group, wherever it may be. But my hope and prayer is that you have those opportunities to learn and to grow and more about what it means to follow Christ. It doesn't mean you have to go to seminary, but again, the question would be: Is are you and am I taking steps to learn and to grow as a believer? A model church also has Christian fellowship. Verse forty-two references this, and it, uh, the word there in the Greek is koinonia. It's a word that is often used. Uh, we don't. Uh, some of us may not know. Some of you may not know a lot of Greek words, but it, uh, this koinonia is a word that most likely if you have been in church for a few. For a few years, it's a word that you recognize. It's a word that has been used in a classroom setting. Uh, But it means a common participation in God, holding something in common. There's something different about a group of believers that gather together than a group of others in the community that just come together to study Whatever it may be, maybe plants or something like this. But there's something special about the people of God coming together to study and again to have Christian fellowship. We have many opportunities for this. We have a lunch today after church, and we invite you to come to that to experience Christian fellowship. What this fellowship can, uh, when this fellowship can get into trouble, is when a group that is experiencing this Christian fellowship says, "You know what? We're good. We don't need anybody else." Uh, and they become closed off and it's no longer a welcoming group. I think at that point, it's no longer Christian fellowship. For those who would criticize this and say, well, what good is it? You know, this may be one of the, you, you would think of, we think of the things that are important in the church, this is worship and prayer and study, but this Christian fellowship piece, why, why is it really, you know, that important? Those of you that have lived longer than I know exactly why this Christian fellowship is important. It can be a key in bringing someone maybe who is strayed and turned away from the church and is just kind of going about their own way in life. It can be the key to bringing someone back in to Christian fellowship. Christian fellowship causes us to look at our possessions in a different way. We may no longer uh, hold on to things quite like we used to as we begin to experience God and, and his fellowship uh, with other people who, have, who are walking in his ways. Christian fellowship leads us to weep with those who weep. It leads us to rejoice with those who rejoice. Fellowship with God and fellowship with others go together. A model church also is a worshiping church. In verse 42, verse 46, and verse 47, it speaks of them coming together. It speaks of them breaking bread. It speaks of them uh, praising God. We can ask, well, what did they sing? And that came up in a men's study recently about what did the early church do when they came together? What did they sing? I believe most likely they sang the Psalms. Uh, We we see uh, and hear reference of that throughout the New Testament as Psalms are mentioned as Jesus himself uh, mentioned several Psalms in the Gospels. Corporate worship and private worship. A model church, again, is a worshiping church. We need times that we come together as the large body of Christ like we are here on Sunday mornings. But we also need times as well. Maybe it's in youth group. Uh, when we sing songs together, when we worship in other ways. Uh, We need times when we're gathering in homes. Uh, We experienced some of that a few weeks ago as we gathered and prayed in homes. Uh, There was worship taking place. There may not have been a a guitar, a piano, and some singing, but there was worship that was taking place. And so worship, uh, as a body of believers, we need time, and we see that in the early church. They were worshiping in homes. Uh, They did occasionally worship. You know, there was no structure like we have today, Uh, but there was times when all large groups were gathered. We see that in Acts but there are also informal times where groups gathered together and they experienced worship. The breaking of the bread and the drinking of the wine. What did the early church sing? We said they sang Psalms. Well, were, were those songs contemporary? Were they traditional? You know, these worship wars have been going on in many churches for many, many years. And one of the things that I've said for years now and I will continue to say is that families, all families like different styles of music, even between husbands and wives, they argue about what they're gonna listen to you know, we, when we go on trips, but um, uh, if, if we love one another within our families, then we give space for the different music that family members enjoy. And I think that should also be the same within the church family as well. Um, because we love our youth and we love our children, uh, if they are singing and praising God in a way that may be a little bit different from us, we say, you know what? We love our children and we love our youth. And so if this helps them worship God, then we are going to learn this song and sing along with them. And the same would be for uh, others who may not care so much for traditional hymns. We can say, you know what? I realize that these hymns help a lot of people grow in their relationship with the Lord. And so I'm going to learn these hymns and I'm going to sing along with the people who like these hymns. And so uh, sometimes we, we we can continue to talk and wrestle with that. But nevertheless, God desires that we worship him in spirit and in truth and coming together with sincere hearts. Churches that are in decline today have several factors, but a question they must ask themselves um, is are we sharing with our words and our actions? A model church shares the good news of Jesus through our words and our actions. In verse 47 of Acts chapter 2, it says, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were were being saved. Now it doesn't say here that they were sharing. It doesn't say here that, uh, it doesn't speak of that, but at the same time, God is the one doing the saving, but yet he works through you and through me, and he was working through the people here in Acts chapter 2. There had to be some sharing that were going on in order for 3,000 people to come to know the Lord in one day. Churches that are in decline have several factors. Again, one of the uh, reasons that they have lost is, is they are no longer sharing. Some of you, I know when I was growing up, I heard the Romans Road, the four spiritual laws. I heard all these different ways to share my faith. But one of the things that I've shared with you recently, and I'll share with you again this morning, is that if Jesus has done something in your life, if God has done something in your life, let's start with that. If we can't remember the scripture verses that we maybe would be helpful, let's start with what God has done in our lives. Has God don't share with someone else. Let's start there when it comes to sharing our faith. But it's a faith that must be spoken, and it's also a faith that must be lived out, not only with our words, but also with our actions. This means in our homes, with our coworkers, with our classmates. Let the love of Christ be shown in and through us, not only with our words, but also with our actions. As we continue on in Acts this week, uh, or in the weeks ahead, as we move into the summer, we will see the words of Acts 1-8 unfold before our eyes. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be my witnesses, or you will be empowered to be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the remotest part of the earth. A model church is also a praying church. I'm grateful for John Broom and, and the, the one night that he walked us through the Lord's prayer in the way that he did, and it reminded us of the importance of prayer, not only individually but corporately as a church. No great movement of God has ever or has happened or is going to happen without the prayers of the people. Prayer was essential for the early church, and it's essential for the church today. And you and I are foolish to think that God will bless our church without being people of prayer. If you struggle with prayer this morning, because I know many do, my first advice to you would be to be honest with God about that and say, God, I want to learn. It was Luke 11, 1, I believe, when the disciples went to Jesus, they recognized the source of his power and that he was empowered through these times alone with the Father. And they went to Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. A few sentences later, Jesus told him to pray in this manner. And he quoted the Lord's Prayer, what we now refer to as the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our sins or trespasses or debts or whatever word you put in there, different translations. And forgive others who sin against us and deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We can learn the different elements of prayer. If we're struggling with prayer, not knowing where to start, what to do, let's go back and look at the Lord's prayer. It has praise. It has confession. It's asking for God's will and for God's guidance and to keep us free from temptation. Let's go back and start there if we're having trouble in our prayer life. There's another illustration, um, you know, about prayer. um, it's like the, the car that runs on empty. You know, if, if we're praying a little bit, we can, just like a car, if you stop and put a little bit of gas in, you can, get, you can get a little ways. But if you stop and fill up the tank, you can get a pretty good distance. And I'm afraid that a lot of us are like those that, and I occasionally admit, I have to do this with my car. You stop, you know, you put a little in. You don't have the time maybe to, to fill up the tank. And so you put a little in. That's only gonna get you so far. Uh, but uh, people of God, we must be people of prayer. We must have those times. Jesus set the uh, example for us where he went away into the hills and to the mountains and set aside even from some of his busiest times of ministry, uh, he knew and he recognized the source of his strength. And if the very son of God went away to spend time in prayer, how much more so do you and I need those times? The world, as we talked about you know, before the renewal services, the world has its way of just sucking the life out of us. Just the, the hectic rush and, and situations each day with family and groceries and and doctor's visits and, and responsibilities at work can just have their way of pulling the energy out of us. And so we need times to refresh. And the model church was that certainly that example. And it tells us there as we read Acts 2, a model church again is a praying church. We must take time to fill up our tank. And we do that through prayer. We can also do it again through worship, through Bible study, and through fellowship. Scripture tells us that we are the church. Paul in Romans and elsewhere says we are the body of Christ. This building that we refer to as the church, and we will continue to refer to it as the church, is simply the place where the church meets. I I remember a pastor when I was a youth minister went through a whole sermon series about the church and so we kept referring to the church and and we would stop, we would say, okay, the place where the church meets, that's where we're gonna be meeting at for this activity or this event. But we need to be mindful of that. Again, we refer to this brick and mortar facility that we worship in as the church, but you and I are the living, breathing church of God. We've mentioned five characteristics, five elements in a model church. Let's run back through that. Are we a learning, so let's ask ourselves, are we a learning, studying church? Do we value the study of scripture and uh, get together to try to grow in our faith and study more? We, do, we can do that on our own or we can do that together as a body. Are we a church that values and practices Christian fellowship? Are we a worshiping church? Are we a church that shares the good news of Jesus Christ through our words and our actions? And are we a praying church? I remember a friend talking about um, a church that had a good reputation and someone. this was in a small group, I was meeting with a group of pastors and then someone reminded them, reminded this pastor and, and, and the church was reminded of having a good reputation is good, but a reputation alone will not get the job done in advancing the kingdom. Having a good reputation is great in moving forward in ministry. You don't have to deal with a lot of the things that maybe a church that is, is, has that tough reputation maybe have, has to deal with. We see that with churches today. But reputation alone is not going to get the job done in advancing the kingdom. I want to close with a story. In the Greek islands, one can seek out the home of Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine. And in the area, one can also find an olive tree, supposedly dating from this time. If this is so, this tree would then be some 2,400 years old. The trunk of this tree is very large, but completely hollow. The tree is little more than thick bark. There are a few long straggling branches, but they are supported by sturdy wooden poles every few feet. It has an occasional leaf here and there and might produce a few olives each year. In the fields around, however, are olive groves in many directions. The strong, healthy, and young trees with narrow trunks are covered with a thick canopy of leaves under which masses of olives can be found each year. The tree of Popocrates can still be called an olive tree by nature, and in that it still shows the essential unique characteristics, but it has long ceased to fulfill the olive's function. Tourists file by to, to inspect this ancient relic and ha- having some link to a dim history, but the job of the olive tree passed long ago to many successions of, of replanted trees. Do you know any churches or even people like this tree of Hippocrates. The form is there, but the function is not. They have stopped reproducing and are satisfied just being big and having a noble history. Will you pray with me? Father, we've been on a journey these first few months of 2017 and Father, it's not my desire, it's not the desire of our leaders and our staff and many in our church to, be to live at a place of contentment. But Father, it's our strong desire for you to be awakened and, and for your, our relationship with you to be refreshed and renewed. Father, we don't want to go on with business as usual. Lord, we want you to do fresh and new things within our hearts and within our lives. Take us deeper as we study your word. Take us deeper, Lord, in our prayer life. Take us deeper in our fellowship with other believers. Take us deeper and give us boldness and courage to share your love with others through our words and our actions. Father, help us to be a worshiping church, both in corporate, formal times here in the sanctuary, but Lord, in other opportunities and occasions as well. Father, forgive us if at times we have lived in the past and we're seeking to resurrect something that um, is long gone, we can rejoice and be glad over it, but those days are no longer. Lord, help us to create memories today, memories where we can look back on months and years from now and reflect on your goodness and your grace, reflect on how your spirit was moving and working in our hearts and within our lives as a church. Father, we desire You to move among us. Teach us more about what it means to be your people right now, right here in this place. Lord, teach us about the things that we are to be doing. Teach us about the things that we are to be learning, that we are to be discussing. And Father, lead us and give us the strength and the courage as we follow your direction. God, we love you and we confess, Father, we have often missed the mark. We'd like to live in this state of utopia where. Everything is like it was there in the early church or as I referenced the beginning of a school year where everything's going fine, but Lord, we know that life happens and that things get difficult and that we can grow weak and weary. Father, help us to renew ourselves again through study, through prayer, through worship, through being together and fellowshipping with your people. Lord, lead us and guide us today. Speak to each one's heart today. Lord, if decisions that need to be made, Father, I pray that you would give them the courage to come forward or make that decision there within their pew. Lord, we thank you for being our God. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and the hope and the strength that we find in a relationship with him. We love you, God. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and you'd like to make a decision to trust and follow Christ, and I'd like to talk with you and pray with you and about more about what that looks like and how you can do that today. Now, if you desire church membership, I'll be down front and would love to speak with you about that this day as well. Let's stand and sing together. our youth are, as as you saw many of them exit just a moment ago, uh, preparing for lunch. We'd love to have each of you come. Maybe you haven't planned on staying, but we encourage you to to join us. I know there's plenty, and uh, they would be delighted for you to come and and share lunch and fellowship around the table with them today. Uh, Let me remind you that Justin Webb will be in the vestibule following the service. If you'd like to talk more about sponsoring a child through compassion, he would love to talk with you about that. (laughs) But it's been great to see each of you here today. And let me also mention that tonight's luminaire service uh, for cancer is at 7 o'clock to uh, remember those that have struggled or those that have um, uh, battled with this in their lifetime. And so uh, that's tonight at 7 in the Lighthouse, so please be mindful of that. The choir will have our benediction today, and so thank you for being here.
1: Please join us in singing.